Good morning. It is good to see you here this morning. I say that every week. And actually, I mean it every week. But it is good to see you here this morning. Uh, Welcome back, Eric and Beulah. We have prayed for you. Looking forward to hearing about your trip and uh, how God has used you in India. A lot of people that were out of town for the last couple weeks are back in town. So it's good to kind of be getting back into the the routine of, of a new year. You know, last week was the first day of the new year, and if you remember, I preached a sermon on making better choices in the new year than in 2022. You've heard the definition of New Year's resolutions, right? It's a to-do list for the first week of January. Well, the first week of January is already over, as are most of our New Year's resolutions, it's already over. But I'm not giving up on this idea of better choices. I want to stick with that. I, I, I want to do better this year than I did last year. So I am following up that sermon with a series, I Have Someone in Mind. And actually, today is going to be on prayer. The next couple sermons in this series, I didn't communicate it very well to the song leaders, but the next couple sermons are going to be some other things that I want you to be thinking of some names, some people that you can bless, some people that you can pour into. And today I want to be talking about uh, prayer. I think we would all agree that there is nothing sweeter than the sound of your own name. Names have meaning. Names have significance. You know, in Scripture, we come across lists of genealogies, and it's very tempting to kind of skip past those lists. But the inclusion of those genealogies in Scripture always tell a story that God wants us to be aware of. You know, when Jesus sees Zacchaeus, he doesn't say, hey, tax collector, get out of the tree. He says, Zacchaeus, let's do lunch, which begins a relationship that changes that man's life. Jesus would change the name of Simon to Peter because of the significance of the new meaning representing a change in his life. Later on in the New Testament, uh, Saul's name is changed to Paul because of the dramatic transformation that was going to take place. In the Old Testament, God is so convinced of the importance of a name that he dedicates one of his Ten Commandments to focus on us treating his name with reverence and respect. Names are important. And in the next couple weeks, I want names. I want you to think of names, not necessarily your name. I want other people's names, names that you might have some influence over, and names that you can, you can uh, maybe make a difference in their life. Uh, this morning, I want you to be thinking about people that you can pray for. You all got a card when you walked in this morning. If you didn't get a card when you walked in, make sure you get one when you walk out. But this card is basically an outline to today's sermon. But I want you to use it for more than that. The back is blank. On the back, I want you to be writing down names as I go through this lesson. There should be one, two, three, four, at least five names on the back of this card by the time we get finished this morning. People who need your prayers. You know, two years ago, we made the decision that we wanted to be a 242 congregation. We wanted to be people who acted more like they did in that first century, devoted to the same things that they were devoted to. And one of the things that they were devoted to 
is prayer. So, I hear people say all the time things like, I don't know how to help this person. I don't know what I can do for them. And then they add, almost apologetically, I guess I'll just pray. As if it's some pathetic excuse for real action. We so underestimate and underappreciate and therefore underutilize the power and the gift of prayer. One of the reasons why prayer is so powerful is we're communicating our dependence on God. When we pray, we are admitting that we are desperate for God to intervene in our lives and the lives of people that we love. We invite, we enlist divine assistance. We're asking God to come in, not necessarily on a a global scheme for all of mankind, but into my life, into my day, my circumstances, with my family, my friends, my kids, my marriage. Our desire is not for God just to be some occasional visitor. We want Him to be a lifelong resident in our lives. And prayer isn't just some spiritual discipline that we learn when we're kids, kind of like the Pledge of Allegiance, and we pull it out and you know, we recite it when it seems appropriate. Prayer is a privilege. It's a priority for us. It's an acknowledgement that we are in way over our heads. And we need God's help and God's intervention. So this week I'm going to challenge you have some names on the back of your card to keep that card with you and during this week to pray for the people that names you write down. Now, I hope this lasts more than a week, right? But for me, I can do anything for a week. I, I can do anything for a week. But if I can do something for a week, I can do it for a month. And if I can do it for a month, I can do it for a pretty long time. So we want to make prayer more of a habit in our lives. And this morning... I'm just going to give you some suggestions. And as you think of these suggestions, I hope that you also think of some names that you're going to be praying for. And I'm going to go ahead and start, (coughs) excuse me, with probably the most difficult one. And that is, pray for your enemies. You need to be thinking about someone that you consider an enemy. Why would I ask you to pray for your enemies? Well, I ask you to pray for your enemies because Jesus asked us to pray for our enemies. Luke chapter 6, these are the words of Jesus. But if you're willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Now, if I were to say, okay, who's one of your enemies? You might have a hard time coming up with an enemy. I think, I don't know that I really have any enemies. Well, how about somebody who hates you? Man, I hope nobody hates me. I don't know, I I can't think of anybody who just hates me. But if I asked, how about somebody who has hurt you? Ooh, okay. Some names come to mind now. I can think of some people who have hurt me. In fact, I'm willing to bet that you can think of somebody back in junior high school that hurt you. Because we remember when people hurt us. Jesus says, pray for that person. And our knee-jerk reaction is, why? Why would I pray for someone who's mean to me? Why would I pray for someone who's hurt me? 
But that's exactly why this is such an important challenge for us Christians. See, our, our time with God in prayer it gives God an opening into our lives. When we pray, we're giving God access to our hearts. And He can change things. He can change people. He can change circumstances. And sometimes, He changes us in the process as well. By the way, it, it's command. Love your enemies. Pray for your enemies. That's the secret. If you're praying for someone, it's really difficult to hate them. Rick Warren says, unkind people need your kindness the most, and they advertise their pain. He's right. Unkind people need your kindness the most. And as you start praying for them, you're going to find yourself being concerned for their well-being. It's hard to pray for somebody and not be concerned for them. And I'll tell you, with all of these suggestions, um, you are really going to need the Holy Spirit, and especially when you think about praying for people who have hurt you. We need to be praying in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Jude says in the 20th verse of his book, that you, dear friends, must build up your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith, learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to pray in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. This week, you are going to need the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit to effectively pray for someone who has hurt you. But that's what I'm challenging you to do. So take a pencil, take a pen, write down the name on the back of that card of someone who has hurt you and someone who you are going to commit for the next seven days. I'm going to pray for that person. Now, if that person happens to be sitting beside you right now, you might want to cover up that, you know, <laughs> writing that down. But still, I, I want you to put down a name of someone who has hurt you that you're going to pray for this week. Here's the second group that I want you to be prayerful. Pray for someone who doesn't know Jesus. Pray for someone that is lost. Pray for someone that you know who doesn't know Jesus, I want you to write a name on the back of that card. And you might be thinking, hey, I have thought about this guy before. I've, 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 I've thought about this woman before. They don't want to know Jesus. They're not searching for Jesus. Listen, I am not challenging you to get them here next week. I'm just challenging you to pray for them this week. You don't even need to tell them that you're praying for them. Just pray for them. Because I'm convinced that God does some of his best work in the hearts of people who are lost. It might take months. It might take years. But our prayers and God's intervention begin to till that soil, begin to soften that heart. And people who were never thinking about God start thinking about God. You know, every time I watch someone be baptized... I always think to myself, that's the answer to somebody's prayers. Somebody has been praying about that person being baptized. And I've had people tell me, I've prayed about this day for 20 years. I've had people tell me at baptisms, my mother prayed for this day till the day she died. We need to start talking to God about people before we talk to people about God. And prayer is where that starts. 
Prayer is the starting place. Don't know exactly what to pray? I might suggest praying the same prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter chapter 1. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the wonderful future He has promised to those He called. I want you to realize what a rich and glorious inheritance He has given to His people. Pray for that person, that friend, that loved one of yours. Pray that their heart would be flooded with light. Pray that something happens that caused them to think about a much bigger picture, the wonderful future, the glorious inheritance that God promises to His people. God can soften the hardest of hearts. We need to allow God to do the heavy lifting. I love the story about the night Michael Jordan scored 69 points in one basketball game. 69 points in one game. At the very end of that game, Chicago Bulls way in the lead, uh, a reserve went into the game, a guy by the name of Stacy King. Mop-up time. Stacy King got fouled at the very end of the game. He shot two free throws. He made one. It kind of bounced around, rolled around, and dropped in. Years later, after he retired, Stacy King was asked about his fondest memory of his time in the NBA, and he said, that's easy. It's the night Michael Jordan and I combined to score 70 points in a single game. <laughs> Our feeble efforts to direct people that are lost to Jesus is kind of like that one point. The prayer piece, God's intervention, the Holy Spirit, that's the 69 points. Start lifting those names up to God. Trust Him to do the work. Here's another group that I will challenge you this week to pray for, and that's a coworker or a group of coworkers. One writer said this when a Christian goes to work, when a Christian goes into the workplace, Christ goes with them, and together they must leave their mark of holiness. When we go to work, Christ goes with us. And we need to leave a mark of holiness. You know, we spend a lot of time at work. And there are people that we have worked with for months, years, decades. A lot of us have worked with the same people for a long, long time. Is there someone that you work with that you could pour your heart into, your life into, that you could spiritually encourage? There's someone that you work with that you could pray for. I mean, what if tomorrow morning when you drove up to work, you just stayed in your car another minute or two, and you just paused, and you prayed for a co-worker? Listen, people are drawn to kindness and patience and gentleness. People are drawn to holiness. In a real sense, your workplace is a mission field. When you go to work, you are spending eight hours on a mission trip. And in a lot of ways, it's the same thing as a foreign mission field. You might as well be in another country. Your language is probably different than their language. Your customs are probably different. They probably do things that you don't do. Probably do things that you don't quite understand. There are times when you probably feel completely out of place. And you wonder why everybody's staring at you because, you know, you you feel and you look so different. Pray to be reminded that when you're at work, 
One of your jobs is to represent Jesus. Pray to be reminded that you're not alone. God is with you. To the end of the age, to the end of the shift, God is with us. So, I want you to write a name of someone you work with on the back of your card that you're going to pray for this week. I want a name. I want a specific name of someone that you work with that you're going to pray for. Another area that I'll challenge you in, pray for those who are hurting. Now, it will not be hard to think of a name when you think about people that you know and love who are hurting. There is a lot of pain in this fallen world. There is a ton of hurt in our world. And you don't have to go out into the world. You don't have to go out there to find pain. Look around this room. There is a heartache on every pew. I'm telling you, there is a heartache on every pew. We have brothers and sisters who are fighting cancer again. We've got brothers and sisters who are mourning the loss of a loved one. We've got parents who are, who are just worried about their children. We've got wives who feel betrayed. We've got husbands who are battling depression. And the list goes on and on. I encourage you to, again to check Vital Concern. Get the app on your phone. It is so simple. It is so convenient. Vital Concern is just a tool that we use for us, for Bay Area. It's basically a prayer list of people who are asking for our prayers. And all you got to do is check it on your phone. If you don't know what that is, you've never done that, see somebody. We want everybody here to use that. See me, see George, see somebody. We can walk you through that in, in three minutes. And you can have access on your phone of people, our family, who are asking for prayers. Because I know how easy it is to feel helpless when we see people who are hurting. But we are not helpless. We can pray. If we allow ourselves to see people who are hurting, we can pray. Psalm 34, that, that famous passage, that says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, saves those who are crushed in spirit. So we pray. God, would you be close to this heart that I know is breaking? God, would you be close to this spirit that I know is crushed? Would you bless them? Would you comfort them? Would you give them a sense of your presence? I want you to write a name on the back of your card. Then I'll give you one last group that you need to be praying for. There are a lot of people that we need to be praying for, by the way. This isn't an all-inclusive group, of course, but... We have to start somewhere. And I said praying for your enemies might be the hardest group of people to pray for. This should be the easiest. Pray for your family. And I say it should be the easiest because these are the people that we know the best, that we love the most, but it's not always the easiest. But I want you to think of someone in your family, maybe your extended family, who's just going through a difficult time. Maybe it's, Maybe it's a child. You know, you know they're kind of having a hard time in school. So you're going to commit, you know, when my child leaves for school, he's going to leave with me praying for him. When I see him get on the bus, when I see him go out the door, when, I, when, he gets out of the, when she gets out of the you know, car at school, 
they're going to go out of the car, they're going to go out the door with me praying for them. I'm just going to shoot a quick prayer up to God for God to be with my child. Maybe it's aging parents, people who have prayed for you all of your life. Now, sometimes we're so busy growing up that we forget they're growing old. So, you know, they start their day about 7 o'clock. So, you know what? I'm just going to pray at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's when mom and dad are usually getting started. God be with mom and dad. Would you bless them? I hope you're praying for your spouse. If you're not praying for your spouse, your marriage is not what it could be. I hope you're praying with your spouse. Mother Teresa said this, Let us love one another as God loves each one of us. And where does this love begin? In our home. How does it begin? By praying together. And then Thomas Brooks said, A family without prayer is like a house without a roof, open and exposed to every storm that comes along. Our prayer unleashes power in our homes. On the back of your card, I want you to write a name of a family member that you're going to commit this week to praying for. We say we believe in the power of prayer. If we believe in the power of prayer, then nothing else is too important to get in the way. You're going to find the time. You're going to make the investment. You're going to make it a priority to pray. Now, I want to help you do that. So that's one of the reasons why I've given you this card so that you have a, a, you know, a list, a reminder of people that you're going to pray for this week. I'm, have someone in mind. I don't want this to be a, a sermon. I don't want this to be a series that we just hear and we forget about. And I also want you to do this. I want you to take out your cell phone. Most of you already have it out. <laughs> take out your cell phone. And I want you to think about what is the best time of day for me to pray for these people on my list. Maybe you're an early riser. Maybe you're a morning guy. You know, I'm you know, 8 o'clock. That's a good time. Maybe you eat lunch by yourself, you know, on a bench somewhere. I could pray at lunchtime. Maybe you're more of an evening person, afternoon. I want you to set an alarm on your phone for whatever time you are going to pray for the people on your list. If you don't know how to do that, just say, set an alarm for 8 o'clock every day. Or if you're my age, say, set an alarm at 8 o'clock for every day, because that's how we do it, right? The phone has to be like an inch from our face. You know, we think that that's a... You, know. you young people, help the old people. But I want you to, on your phone right now, set an alarm to go off the same time every day you can memo it if you want. You know, pray for people on my card. But when that alarm goes off, what are you going to do? You're going to pray for the people on your card. If we're going to be a church that's devoted to prayer, we're going to have to be people who are devoted to prayer. And I wonder how many times I have ignored the power and the privilege and the blessings of prayer. I wonder how many times I've tried to roll in my one free throw and hope that it was enough. Completely ignore the 
power of the Almighty God who says, just ask me. Let me get involved. I truly believe if we were ever blessed to be able to see the difference that our prayers make in the lives of our people that are destined, that are destined to affect and all the ways that, that, that God intervenes because of our prayers, I think we would be so overcome with awe that we might never get up off our knees. So, you have been officially challenged this morning. You have someone in mind, right? You wrote some names, written some names on that card. You have a reminder on your phone. You have a God who is ready to go to work. When you kneel, when you stand, when you sit, when you drive, when you pray, God listens. Not a single one of your prayers has ever gone unnoticed by God. Now, after all, He paid a great price for us to have the relationship to be able to talk to Him. That relationship that allows us to pray and know that He's listening, it cost Him His Son. Now, we usually end services here pretty much in the same way. I talk, you stand, we sing, someone prays, we leave. This morning, you're going to pray. I said I wanted you to pray every day of the week. Well, the week starts today. So I want you to take just a few minutes, right where you're sitting, and quietly pray for those names that are on your card. Pray for those names that you'll be writing on your card. Just a few minutes in silent prayer. And then after a few minutes, our song leader will come up and we'll, we'll stand together and sing an invitation song. So let's pray.